0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Biff Bites podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Mee, and this week I am joined by a very special guest, a recently former student and newly minted CFP, Mr. Gene Witt. How's it going, Gene?
1: Uh, great, Jerry. Thanks uh, <laughs> for inviting me to this podcast. I appreciate it.
0: Definitely awesome to have you on, Gene. Uh, you know, great chatting with you again. We worked real close uh, this past exam cycle where you were successful. So, first of all, big congratulations to you on earning your CFP marks. Thank you. And uh, I really wanted to invite you on because I thought you had a really great story to share with all our current students and all the students who are going for the CFP because you had some pretty uh uh you know unique but also applicable challenges that you overcame that i think you know by sharing your story will will really help uh those students out there who kind of find themselves in a in a similar situation and with that uh you know kind of to address the elephant in the room is You know, taking the CFP when you have certain, you know, learning disabilities that make taking a long six hour arduous test even more difficult than it is for, you know, other people.
1: Yeah. So um, interestingly enough, I was uh, diagnosed with ADD uh, as an adult, which um, was just wasn't even when I was growing up, um, nobody was really aware of it or if it was, it was just minimal. So part of the problem with, with this um, condition is uh, really being able to focus, but also with managing your time, because you can sometimes hyper-focus and by doing so, you, um, you let the time, the time clock run out, which is what happened to me the first time around. Yeah.
0: um, yeah, My challenge. Sorry to interrupt, but just to address that, was this your your second or third time taking the exam? Second time. Second time taking the exam.
1: I took the exam twice. The first time I took it was in November. Mm -hmm. And then I literally did not think I was going to um, take the exam again. I was like, forget it. I've never been a good test taker. Um, I just said, forget it. And... um, There's a stubborn side of me, so I don't like quitting either. (laughs) And um, uh, in speaking with Amanda, who is one of your administrative um, people at BIF, she suggested that I reach out to the CFP board and see if they make any accommodations for people with um, disabilities or other challenges. Um, And I did. And they directed me to the CFP website, where there is a section that's a little difficult to find, but they have a protocol for submitting for special accommodation. Now, I also happen to have had two issues. One, the ADD, which I just addressed. But the second one is a bad back. And for those people who have bad backs, know that sitting is really challenge it Mm -hmm. so i can probably sit for maybe 30 minutes at a time before my back will start to go into spasm and um cause pain and obviously distraction so between the two of them the first time around it proved a little a little overwhelming because i ran out of time i found myself rushing through um probably about the last um 25 of each section having to rush through it because I had chewed up so much time. I reached out to my physician who wrote a letter, and we submitted it to the CFP. And the first time around, it was rejected.
0: Which, what, uh, from what I understand, is pretty common with the CFP board. They're very stringent on on the accommodations.
1: Yeah. So the thing with the CFP board, I think, and this is out of respect because um, there are a lot of people out there who will try to find every angle that they can mm-hmm. to uh, gain an edge. And the CFP is really just looking for keeping the playing field level yep. to as everybody as much as possible, but still being accommodating to those people with cognitive or physical challenges. And my physician was traveling when I got the rejection notice because the thing that was needed was her evaluation. What protocol did she follow for coming to her conclusions about the ADD? Mm -hmm. And because she was traveling, she wasn't able to get that. But what I did do is I reached out to my physical therapist, who I've had for my back and been using for the last four to five years, give or take whatever the break was during COVID. Mm -hmm. And my physical therapist had all of that documentation in place Oh, good um you know the issues with my uh my back my spasms um sitting the protocol that she went through to determining the condition that i have and she wrote up um a letter as well as submitted her diagnosis Mm -hmm. and that was accepted by the cfp Mm -hmm. so they gave me um an extra hour between the um morning sec between the for the whole exam yeah so i have an extra half an hour for the am section and an extra half an hour for the pm set section Mm -hmm. and that proved to be really useful because i just finished the exam Mm -hmm. in time without that extra time I think I would have been um, equally as challenged as I was the first time. Sure. But they also gave me a a private room. Which was helpful because I needed to stand up Mm -hmm. and I needed to stretch Mm -hmm. and I needed to um, do some exercises to loosen up my back in the middle of the exam. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want me interfering with other exam takers, not just CFP people, but other exam takers in general. Um, so I got a special accommodation for that
0: and, I'm and sure. uh,
1: I was very grateful. Sure. And uh, I'm sure
0: private room also helped a lot as far as minimizing, you know, distractions from, uh, from other test takers for you.
1: Yeah. Right. So it was a quiet room. I didn't have to wear the headphones. Um, <laughs> And, um, that was really helpful, but I also, what I also did differently this time around was I changed my study, um, my, my study, um, process strategy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess I, I definitely want to get into that, but I think, uh, before we do that, I think probably the big takeaway with the CFP board is that, you know, for our listeners, if if you feel that you know you're gonna be going for uh you know applying for these special accommodations to definitely do it sooner rather than later. Um because yeah. so you sat for the March exam, Gene, and the cutoff was January 30th, which
1: right. So that you know, would be probably I think um five weeks before the window opens.
0: Yep. So, so it, it don't, if you're listening to this and you're, and you, uh, you know, have a learning disability or a physical disability that you are going to need special accommodations uh, for the exam, um, you know, definitely get it on that sooner rather than later, because there is a lot of documentation, you know, from your physicians uh, that need to be presented to the CFP board. And, and like what happened with Eugene is you never know if the CFP board is going to reject something because, you know, the I's aren't dotted or the T's aren't crossed, Right. Um, or it's missing something, or you never know what. So, you know, definitely get in on that, you know, sooner rather than later.
1: And the other thing too is to keep in mind, you know, in my particular case, the physician was traveling, but physicians can be very difficult to um get their attention if you're yeah. not like face to face with them. And very often they'll hand off the um the duties, the chore to an administrative person. Mm-hmm. And they may not um, communicate or um, provide all the information, especially with HIPAA. A lot of times, you know, if, if another doctor is asking for medical records, they transfer everything. But um, CFP is a private enterprise, and lots of times doctors don't want to give medical information out to private entities.
0: Yeah, it it can be really difficult. I mean, it's kind of like the whole uh, sharing of client information for us. You know, doctors have a whole other level of uh, information sharing that uh, they have to abide by.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So you have to respect the process, but also if you're very clear about what you need and you tell the physician specifically, it's the evaluation that allowed the physician to come to the conclusion with your diagnosis that's everything that's that's basically needed
0: yeah so it is definitely doable but it's something that you have to get on sooner rather than later if uh yes if you're going to get this Be organized yep for sure for sure yeah well that's great and um i do know i have heard the cfp board is is being more and more willing to uh you know work with students in this regard for a while they it was just a blanket rejection for for a lot of uh, you know, uh, special accommodation requests. And, and finally they're, they're being a bit more flexible with that and realizing that, you know, some, some people really do need these, this, you know, extra time or, you know,
1: right. And the thing is, is, you know, but uh, as I said, in the beginning, there are people who try to take advantage of things and, um, they just have to follow a specific protocol and you have to respect that.
2: Yep. Definitely.
1: They that will help those who really need help. But almost anybody can have a friend that's a physician, right? I mean <laughs> it's it's more than just
0: a letter. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So that's great. Thank thanks for sharing that, Gene, because I'm sure it'll it'll certainly help quite a few of our listeners. Um and you know, like you said, on the on the CFP board website, they have an entire section that has kind of all the, the process for going through you know, getting, getting the extra time uh, on. Yes.
1: It might not be easy to find out, find, but you can always email exams at the CFP.net CFP board.net. And um, they will direct you specifically. They'll send you the link to exactly where it is. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, that's great. So, yeah, so that was dealing with the CFP board. Um, But you also, I know we talked about this a lot, uh, you know, sharing different strategies and you know tips and tricks, but I'm really interested to see you know how you approach studying that was maybe different the second time around, because you know the CFP board is is real tricky for most students, but you know for students that have uh, you know dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, numeralexia, you know any number of you know, various learning disabilities, it can be just downright impossible to tackle some of those curriculum. So I'm I'm interested to see, you know, what really worked for you, Gene, as far as, uh, you know, making sense of all of this.
1: So I think, so uh, first I want to tell you what I did the first time around. Yeah, so what did um, it work? So going through the material the first time around, I rushed through a lot of the reading. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, I you know I, I took the the um, exams at, at the end of each section because I really wanted to finish the self study course quickly so I could take the exam quickly, which is really a bad strategy, um, because the the time that you put in on the front end will save you on the back end. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the second the first time I took the exam. Again, with Biff's review, I read through the review material and lived in the test bank, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. I figured I would, I would just take the test and I would learn from the mistakes as I answered the questions, but um, that's not really a good strategy.
0: <laughs> yep. That's, my, that's um, my biggest pet peeve with students is living in the test banks.
1: <laughs> here's the thing I, I, I realized. When you're taking a um, a quiz within BIF or any type of a course, you really have only one shot at it, right? Because if you go back and take the practice exam a second time, that information is living in your recent memory. And you're going to remember, oh, I got this wrong last time. So, um, you know, it doesn't really measure your uh, understanding of a topic. It's more of your memorization of an answer. So what I did this time around is I bought a notebook for each of the six categories, seven categories, uh, tax, estate planning, investments, general principles, everything. And I went through the books that um, Biff supplied for the review. And prior to each class, I wrote down Everything that was on the review page, so I literally rewrote the entire review book, but I broke it down into sections, and I took things in small bites.
0: Yeah, that, that's because something I, I wanted to it, chat with you about because that you found a lot of success with is yeah, you know, you, one step if, at a time.
1: Yeah, if you take things in smaller bites, you're able to retain it and digest it um, better. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially in my study group, we would spend several hours on a Saturday and a Sunday. But if you think about it, if you're spending, and I'm just going to make up a number, five hours, how um, how attentive are you going to be in hour four or hour three? Um, you're going to be kind of tired. And you, while you may be going through the work, you're not going to retain the information. So I just broke things down into smaller elements that were more manageable. Study for 20 minutes, take a break, do something to clear my head, come back, attack another subject in 20 minutes. And I still put in the hours, but I spread it out over time. I get up early in the morning um, and uh, spend... 20 minutes looking and at one particular subject that was in our review book, and I rewrote everything that was in there. So by the time it came for me to go through the um, the practice tests, I um I I, I felt like I had a, a really full understanding of everything. And I shared with you. And I I didn't do the mock exam until right before the um, maybe a week before the um, the CFP exam. Yep. Um, I did not take the CFP practice exam the the second time. I took it the first time. Mm-hmm. And there's I think a little bit of a psychological thing there because if you do poorly on the um, the practice exam, all of a sudden and you. And you take that exam too close to your test date, you all of a sudden you've got this um, lack of confidence about certain areas. Yeah. But um, I did the the mock exam. I I I did well in the mock exam.
0: I remember you sent me your mock exam, and you you crushed the mock exam. Uh, you know, you sent me, you're like, Jerry, what do you what do you think of these scores? And I saw these scores. And I'm like, Gene, these are the best scores I've seen from any students so far this cycle. So I have no doubt that you're gonna pass this this test.
1: Yeah, and you know, I didn't and I and I uh, I didn't do that well the first time around either. Mm-hmm. But I think another thing I also did for both the mock exam and for the CFP of course is that two days before the exam, I did nothing. I did not do anything. With the CFP study, mm-hmm. I didn't pick up a book. Maybe I watched a video or two, or listened to your podcast, but it was so minimal. It was um, I, I didn't uh, do it. And my feeling is is that if if I'm if I have to study two days before the exam, it means I'm I'm probably anxious about understanding the information, and um, those last two days are not going to help me. Um, right? I went to the exam more relaxed the first time. I don't know what my scores were yet, but um, you know, after they finished reading your survey and the computer was doing its ticking, I felt like my heart was in my stomach because <laughs> I was just waiting, <laughs> waiting for the results. And the results came back with a congratulations, and I was like, "Yes, just, just <laughs> joyful," you know, because it's it's hard to sit for seven hours. Yes, you know? for sure. Um. So, but I think. For anybody who's listening, um, I know that your, the BIF team addresses um, coming up with a strategy and they give you some guidelines, some suggestions. But it's been 40 years since I've been in college. And um, what I did back then doesn't apply now. But I think that for anybody, since it's an overwhelming amount of information, that taking things in smaller bites. Mm -hmm. is more helpful and giving yourself enough time to just get through the material and digest it and what's i would call a manageable uh amount of material awesome
0: now Mm -hmm. i'm interested gene because one thing we talked about a lot over the process too is um you know i did a lot of research into alternative studying uh, processes, uh, you know, working with you, trying to find kind of different solutions that would work and help. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, kind of which of those helped out, which of those maybe didn't help that much. So like one that comes to mind is like reading, reading the question out loud to yourself, uh, to better comprehend it. Like did things like that help or anything stick out to you about, about, uh, you know, those strategies?
1: So I did a couple of things. I did read some of the questions out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the questions that were shorter in nature i didn't need to Mm -hmm. i was able to um, address them quickly but the longer um, written questions in the case studies Mm -hmm. what i also did is is i wrote the question on my scratch paper okay yeah so i wrote the question on my scratch papers like to make sure i knew what exactly they were asking Because some of the questions were not worded well, and Mm -hmm. I had to go back, not just a second time, but a third and fourth time. And again, that's time consuming, right? So the clock is ticking. So um, that's one of the other things I did. And then I just really tried to break everything down into its its smallest element Mm -hmm. to just really retain what was important and get rid of um, the red herrings or the, the, the fluff, the stuff that wasn't um, pertinent to the question.
0: Yeah. And for our listeners who don't know, um, you know, the CFP exam is is pretty infamous for being very difficult to read in its questions and um, that there are, you know there are lots of double negatives. There's lots of kind of vaguely written or awkwardly written questions that are kind of designed to trip you up. And for those, you know, of us, you know, I myself, um, you know, have have dyslexia, and you know that can give uh, me extreme trouble. As well as you know individuals, ADD, ADHD, all sorts of learning dis- uh, disabilities. You know, if this if this question is designed to be difficult for someone without a learning disability. You know, it can be downright impossible for people, you know, who uh, who struggle with with uh, reading comprehension. So, um, you know, a big strategy that that I learned when I was taking the test that I pass on to a lot of my students is, you know, reading the question out loud uh, because mm-hmm. it actually uses a different part of your brain um, when you read out loud versus when you read internally. And it's a trick I pr- picked up from copy editors who you know edit newspapers sure. and textbooks and things like that because when you read it out loud, you force yourself to read what is actually written on the page and not read what your brain wants to put there, you know, substituting the double negative or, you know, what have you that can totally change the meaning of the question. Yeah.
1: Your brain uses shortcuts, just like we talk about in behavioral finance, right?
0: (laughs) Your brain uses
1: shortcuts and there's, we have these shortcuts in our minds when it comes to reading and, um, Yeah. So I agree. You know, the reading out loud was helpful, but I also wrote things down. Yeah. Right. Question write the question down.
0: Yeah. So that was something we talked about as well Is you know, find the question mark, you know, find where the question mark is in that, you know, long paragraph of stuff and figure out what is it that they're actually asking you.
1: Another thing that I did um, which I didn't realize was available the first time I took it, I took the exam. Was that um, if you right click on a question, mm-hmm. it crosses it out.
0: Oh, like you can cross out sections of it.
1: No, you just cross out the the answers you know. Oh, are- the
0: answer options. Yes, yeah. Right. So you can. Yep.
1: Right. So a lot. So for some of the things that were um, maybe a little challenging, I just went through and crossed out. This can't be it. This can't be it. Mm-hmm. And then there was, now I had a 50, 50 chance instead of a 25% chance. Right. Right. So cross, I crossed out a lot of wrong answers on my exam before I, I, um, I marked it. I only flagged two or three questions. Um, but I, I didn't really go back. I figured if I go back and I think about it too much, I'll give myself you yeah, I'll drive myself crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Also, you know, your gut reaction is usually the best the best choice, you know. Yeah. That's something we, we say is, you know, never change an answer unless you have irrefutable evidence showing you that you should change it.
1: Right. Well, there was one time, actually, on one of the questions, I didn't write it down, but there was a question that I said, this can't be it. And I crossed it off. And then I'm going back and looking at it later. And I'm like, you know, I started you know, questioning myself. Um, but I had to go back and read the question again. Mm-hmm. I had to go back and read the information. I ended up having um, four case studies, one with about um, eight to 10 questions. And then I had a bunch of sh- small, short, um, three to four question case studies. Mm-hmm. So you have to retain the, the, the information. Yeah, so... Um, but I also think the private room helped a lot too.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, what about kind of keeping focus up, you know, during the study process? Would you find any things helped you more than others? You know, any any tips to give, you know, students who are going down the process now? So
1: the study process, my focus was best when I did things in smaller time frames. Mm -hmm. If I could sit for 20 minutes. I could um, stay focused. When I tried to stretch it out to a couple of hours, I found that my retention was poorer, and hence that's probably why I called you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably reaching out to you because I,
0: you know, distraction. Let's see what Jerry's up to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, also is because the material I didn't absorb um, completely. Mm-hmm. Because my brain was tired right. But I also had to I also found myself wandering during the exam. My brain started to to, to just get tired and um, sidetrack. And by the time the exam was over, I was mentally wiped out. Sure. Um, so and I'm and, and from everybody I've spoken to, they were pretty wiped out as well. But, um, for those people who struggle or try and who have been out of school for a long time, or who struggle with, you know, some um, cognitive uh, issues, I think taking things in smaller pieces mm-hmm. is m- helps with success because um, you have to go in there with confidence. and if you go in there, with anxiety or um, doubt, you probably um, will struggle during the exam.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, That kind of reminds me like the 10 question approach that I'm a big proponent of, you know, do 10 questions and then stop and then go and research those 10 questions, see why you got the ones wrong learn about them so that you don't make the same mistake in the future. And then a lot of times it comes down to, you know, now take a five, 10 minute break and just recharge the batteries a little bit. And then when you're feeling more refreshed, go do 10 more questions.
1: Yeah. Well, on the study side, that's what I did with each of those notebooks. Yep. I I each notebook. So in each section, when I was um not understanding something, I went back to, to look at what it was that I didn't, understand I it wasn't looking for the answer I was looking for what i um what i didn't understand or mis- mis- misunderstood
0: that's a that's a that's that's some deep philosophical <laughs> musings right there i think that's great gene is you know you're not looking for the answer you're looking for understanding you know it's yeah. not so much that figuring out that the answer is a it's figuring out why is the answer a
1: right yeah and again um you know, for those people who tend to spend a lot of time in the um, in the test bank, you know, you there was there's a lot of people who think I'll learn from just memorizing, and this is not a memorizing. Um, I mean, there's some memorization in this, but the majority mm-hmm. of it is is not memorization. Yeah, it's application. Yeah, and um, you know the entire biff team has been um really um accommodating with their time whether it's you specifically but um adam has made cut time out of his day uh and so has brandon i mean brandon like you, you know brandon has his own practice and he made time out of his day after the markets closed to, to talk to me about Uh, something um i never reached out to mike only because what i do for a living is the same thing that mike teaches yeah so (laughs) i figured if i don't know then i'm not doing my job really well (laughs) so um you know that was that was it but you know the other thing i think also in listening to what um adam has has said um Learn to be a really good CFP. Um, One, it'll help you with your growing of your business. But if you really uh, embrace the material and learn the material, you'll get through the exam um, more easily because you realize you're gonna be using this. This is important part of your practice,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. right? It's not just about passing the exam. It's constant study.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. awesome gene. that that was great. Um, you know, I think we all learned a lot. Uh, I hope our listeners uh, took some really good positive uh, lessons away from this. and you know, if nothing else, get on,, uh, you know, contacting the CFP board sooner rather than later for those uh, you know accommodations. and yeah, uh-huh. uh, you know, i uh, I really. I, I can see great things with this uh for Eugene. You know, I'm I'm really glad you got the CFP marks, you know, all your hard yeah. work paid off. Cause if anyone deserved it, it was definitely you.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Well, I, I like I said, um I thank uh the the, the crew at Biff, I thank you specifically. Um, you know, I think the course um is well designed. It's really informative. But more importantly, as I said earlier, speaking to some other test takers, you guys really care because you go out of your way to make personal time to speak with people. And that's that I think um, speaks volumes that this is not just a transaction, like um, I'm not gonna name other um, programs, but it's just not transactional. Here's the material study, and good luck.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Gene. You know, it, was, it was great looking working with you. I'm I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to be working with you with this cycle, but I'm happy for you that you don't have to.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll you know, keep in touch for sure. Definitely.
0: definitely. Yeah, please do. Uh, thanks so much for making the time today to chat with us, and uh, you know, I look forward to keeping in touch with you in the future. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy, Gene. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
2: you